Amber and Amanda here. We'd like to introduce you to the newest podcast, Article 15, produced by Veterans Drinking Vodka Production and hosted by our good friend, Ryan Brazel. Article 15 is attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. Ryan speaks with everyday veterans with everyday issues for veterans acclimated back into civilian life. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out and don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, I'm actually traveling for this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka, so I am drinking sweet tea from McDonald's for a dollar. That sweet tea at McDonald's is delicious. And now this will probably be my only sober episode so it's all right we'll get through it (laughs) what are you drinking amanda i'm actually drinking a chardonnay mimosa this morning that sounds delicious because i'm at home and i don't have anything to do today but this recording so that is a you and your breakfast drinks hey it's sometimes it's about the breakfast booze Oh, I'm I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. That's why I hang out with you. I hang out with you for those breakfast drinks. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be hard. In this episode, we are talking to Lewis Stockley. He served in the United States Army from 2005 to 2011 as an IT analyst 25 bravo man the army and those numbers i know i know how are you today lewis i'm doing excellent excellent out here in the fresh air sunshine can't complain where are you at right now and it's beautiful it's that's the funny part it looks cool but uh i'm off i'm on a nice little offshoot field of a parking ride area you know where government workers like to park get on the bus to head out it happens to be a really, really nice one. So I was like, okay, this looks like a good area to just sit down, chill, have a good interview. Yeah, that's awesome. And what are you drinking today? And me, I've got my Bang Star Blast flavor here. Got Is that good? Caffeine in. I don't think I've ever had that flavor. Uh, I haven't either, actually. So it was, a, <laughs> it was an interesting one I decided to try you know, in honor of the show. All right. They have a million flavors, so. I want to try the key lime pie. Oh, I thought it was good. That one is really, really good. I like the lemon drop. I heard it has a funky aftertaste, though. It doesn't have it. It's smooth. That's what surprised me about it. I was like, hmm, there's no... I'll have to try it. Yeah, for sure. I want to try the lemon drop. The lemon drop with some lemon vodka. Oh, I bet that's going to be good. Mm -hmm. I like the lemon drop bang. I think that would be real good. Yeah, I think it would be. All right, Lewis, can you tell us where you're from and a little bit about how your journey started? All right. So I am actually a military brat. So I'm from all over. I was born originally in um, Würzburg, Germany, though, at a military hospital. It's since closed down. From there, I traveled all over the place. Both parents were actually military. My mom was in transportation. And my dad was a signal guy like me, but he was on the commo side. I'm not sure what MOS it was. We moved from Germany after only being there for about a year. So it's like I was born, and then we checked out and went to the U.S., went to Texas, went to, um, we're at Fort Bragg for some time. We're at Virginia. It was everywhere. Oh, you got to move around quite a bit. Yep. 
so you know it comes with the territory of course and only one got out were your parents dual military the whole time like they both stayed in the whole time together no my mother got out and after four years she got out my dad stayed in for about six or seven and during that time they both they actually um got a divorce and separated so when my mom got out i ended up going with her and long story short, then I had a stepfather who was military, so the traveling continued again. <laughs> you were all excited and then damn it. <laughs> Down route, so <laughs> it was moving again, yep. Roots for the military so, are wherever you end up. <laughs> so I'm assuming that because both parents were um army, that's what mm-hmm. led you to join. Why the IT analyst? IT analyst, the IT career in general came from my parents. You would have asked me at that time, I would have became a race car driver you know, for kids and their dreams and whatnot. They, they explained Wait, 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 wait. Cheers. Cheers to being a race car driver. Yeah, yep. Cheers yeah. to being a race car driver. And winding up, up in the Army. But yeah, so they explained to me the smart money is there in the IT industry. So I took a program in high school that was two years, pretty nice, where half of your class time is spent at a technology center, the other half, you know, doing regular classes. I really loved IT as I went through that. Afterwards, I decided, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to college. I know most of my family has been military, not just my parents, my uncles. I have aunts that were there as well. So all army. I attended a semester at ODU and really experienced. I don't know. I experienced the void there. I was like, this is for me. I guess I was really missing that military life. So after just one semester at ODU, I signed up to join the military myself. Which isn't surprising, especially growing up like that the whole time, being surrounded it with like your whole family being military. Almost you were having military withdrawals before you even got to join. Not even getting to have the withdrawals as a veteran, but still as a mm-hmm. civilian and missing, missing that lifestyle. Yeah, and then the other piece was that question, like, who am I actually helping while I'm doing this? I really felt that need to serve and to help. I know I guess it just was bred into me. And all those things just led to college not making sense to me at that time. So I went straight over to the recruiter. Actually, my mom went with me as well. And I went there and we sat down and talked to them. And of course, the first job they offered me, even with high ASVAB scores and you know, things like that. And I was physically in shape because I was, I was in track in high school. So I was all of these different things checked off. They offered me um, different jobs like 11 Bravo or... Um, of course they or, did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we know now 11 Bravo is infantry. It's a grunt. Yep. <laughs> or, our, or artillery, those jobs, those popular jobs, combat-ready jobs they try to add. But I knew my mind was set on becoming and getting into IT however it took. And I had looked through the list of MOSs, you know, and I found that IT analyst and I told them directly, that's the job that I want. And they said, and you know how recruiters are, they do not want to say flat out no. They want you to keep you in the process as long as possible. And hopefully roll you over to a new job. I'm pretty sure that's what he was hoping for. But um, I went through the whole process and it came down to the line where you sign on the dotted line, you swear in, that's your job. 
And I said, I still want the IT analyst position. And he said, um, well, they used some excuses. and said, well, you know, we have too many people in that position already. And I said, okay, sure. You know, and I began to get up. I walked out. I head out of the double doors at the Fort Lee, Virginia Mets. And he comes running out, you know. Wait, wait, we found one. (laughs) (laughs) He said, oh, oh," you know, magically one appeared. The only stipulation was the minimum sign-up for it was six years instead of the two to four that they usually give out. So I said, okay, sure, I will take it, you know. And he said, and he also, and he also threw in a bonus as well. I think he was scared that I might say no altogether because of how they ran me around, but. So long story short, from there, it was straight off to um, basic training. So you didn't even have to ask for the bonus. They just gave it to you. Nope. I didn't, I didn't get a bonus. Um, I should have asked for one. And I, and I found out. <laughs> I didn't get a bonus I either. Later, what happened, too, is um, all the people that got that MOS before, they would give them the two years. But that training for it lasts about a year and a half. So people would go in, do the training for a year and a half, barely make it to the first duty station, exit, and already started a corporate job within the industry somewhere because the training was just so high speed for that. Right. That's what air traffic control is a five-year contract because our mm-hmm. school is six months. Yeah. And they put you through all that school. They want to make sure to get, get a full enlistment out Something of you. Something on you. Something on yeah. you. Unless you get pregnant and they stick you work in security for a year and a half. <laughs> Ooh, yep, yep. That'll happen. Uh, yeah. But that's all right. <laughs> so, Lewis, do you have a fun active duty story you can tell us? Um, sure. Um, I deployed to Afghanistan starting in 2010 to 2011. So, basically, my last year and a half in the military was spent deployed. And in Afghanistan, you guys probably figure um, when you want to celebrate holidays and different things like that, you got to get creative because you don't, you can't just go down to Walmart and buy some fireworks or some decorations. So our unit was an aviation unit, hundred and first. We were tasked when we deployed with building an entire fob for an operating base from scratch. There was nothing there when we landed. We were the first ones to create it. And the fun fact is that that fob has a Facebook page, so you can actually go to the page and scroll all the way down and see from where it was built to nothing all the way to where it is now. So it's called Fob Wolverine. While there, you know, we wanted to celebrate Fourth of July. Of course, you know, we're in the battle zone. We're in the middle of a valley. There's mountains everywhere. And in order to attack us, the Taliban has to come over the mountains for its commanders because of the range and everything. So, you know, whenever they come over the mountain, there's a nice big amount of space. The helicopters go up and take them down. Their favorite thing to do is to sit in the mountain and keep an eye on it. That night for 4th of July, we realized we had a bunch of unexploded ordnance, you know, mortars that didn't go off, missiles from the um, helicopters, weapons, etc. And our EOD guys had an excellent idea. They went far off the base, maybe like 200, 300 feet or more. They dug a nice big pit out there in the ground. They dropped all that ammunition down in there that night. They put a little bit of different powder in there to create colors, you know, like gunpowder and stuff like that. And um, around that time, they detonated it all. 
right in the middle of the night. Explosions everywhere, flashing That's so awesome. Yep, we were there with the special forces guys, everybody partying up, having a great time. The next day, that gives me out, <laughs> the next day I have a I had a buddy of military intelligence. Their job, of course, over there is listening to the comms. What are these guys talking about? So while the fireworks are going off, we said everybody in that office is having a laugh, just laughing their ass off. Because they chatting about the explosion, trying to figure out what's going on. And their <laughs> conclusion that they came to is that we were attacking ourselves with explosives. And that, uh, <laughs> that by morning, we'd all be gone or something like that. So, you know, we always talk about that to this day. Cheers yeah. to the 4th of July in Afghanistan. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to soldier creative ingenuity. Oh, yeah. you got to get it done <laughs> We came up with some really crazy things when I was out to sea, like oh, okay. out of control things. <laughs> right, right. Like a regular person probably would never think that stuff up, but you're out there by yourself for so long and yep. you get bored and then you want to celebrate mm-hmm. like you would in the States. So you have to, you have to come up with your own plan. I'm an opportunity. That's right. <laughs> oh goodness. That's amazing. All right. So Eventually, everyone has to put the military life behind them and transition from military to civilian. How was your transition from military to becoming a veteran? Um, The transition for me was pretty rough. I'm going to be super honest about that. It was rough. I came back from, um, from deployment which we got extended on, you know, to make sure. I don't know. I don't know the reason we got extended. We just got extended a few months. And um, I had to, I had two choices. I was a specialist that was promotable. So an E4 with the option to get promoted if you go through the process. And I decided to, um, to go against, you know, trying to move to E5 because I had already attempted many times a four. And... They use this term called maxed out in the army where um, everybody in that ranking of E5 was already filling up whatever room they had for it. So even if I was able to be promoted, I would still have to wait for somebody left or somebody moved up in rank or down in rank. And that just didn't sit well with me. So I decided it was time to leave after the deployment. And um, I started terminal leave. And basically, I had no plan at that time. Um, my wife and I and the kids, we were living off of credit cards and things like that to um, make ends meet. And I was leaving every day, sometimes twice a day, driving maybe an hour or so. So we were in um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky at the time. And the nearest, you know, kind of big city is Nashville. So to get a good IT job, that's where you want to be at. So I would drive back and forth there doing interview after interview, not getting anything under 50 to 100 of them. Finally landed on one job that was a contracting job with, uh, with a computer, computer company. not even sure if I'm allowed to name it. But um, I got a job with them that was contracting. Worked there, did a stellar job for only a week. And then by day seven, I show up there for work with my badge and all that stuff smiling, you know, not understanding the civilian world still. And they escorted me out, explaining later on that um, they ran out of funding so they could no longer, you know, have me in that position. So, you know, all those interviews 
go straight into a, a job thinking, you know, okay, finally, you know, things are going my way. And then um, got escorted out and left that job. From there, I just became determined. And um, I said, where's the most secure jobs that I can find? And that happened to be government service. So, you know, like um, bed jobs. So I applied to everything I could. I was still working on my bachelor's degree. And, you know, that's just an apply and wait game. Get ready and wait. So, you know, that was one struggle, finding the job. And um, eventually, maybe four weeks later, I got called for an interview for the job I currently still am at with the Department of Justice. They flew me out there, showed me the tour of the office and everything. Just were really warm and welcoming. And I knew that was the place to go. But like I said, we were living on credit cards and things like that. And we were in Tennessee. The job was in D.C. So we had to find a way to get ourselves from Tennessee to D.C. with those kind of finances and make everything happen. And right I had my wife was on um, six months pregnant, so with my uh, third child. So it was, a, it was definitely a rough, rough transition. We had uh, a lot of struggles along the way that no one told us about, like health insurance. You know, you have your TRICARE while you're in. You just show up. Everything's good. You update your paperwork every month. It's straightforward. They do it for you. We got out. And I had to call 1-800 numbers and things like that looking for insurance. The first person that we talked to really was like, sure, yeah, we help you. All this stuff is covered and things like that. You know, telling us what we wanted to hear. Said it was $1,200 up front. I'll never forget that. So we paid the $1,200. Never heard from the person ever again. They basically defrauded us right there on the spot. With my wife pregnant, you know, we're worried about making sure we have all those things covered and took advantage of that. All of those things, you know, just kind of led me to retreat inward more and more and more. And, you know, we, found, we eventually got a U-Haul, made sure we got there, made it to a, a rental house. We're able to put down a deposit on that. And I counted on just being able to start work at, that, at the Department of Justice and just keep things going. And let him meet from there. So that was um that was the the part of the transition that was physical. The mental part, I think, was the toughest because you don't even know it's an issue until later on when you look back. But I just came out being taught by the military that you can't really be vulnerable. You're not allowed to open up. It's a weakness, and that you know could get someone hurt or make make it so that you don't get the mission done. I had that mentality going in. And what that translated to is me, you know, just being closed off to my kids, to my wife, and co-workers, and family, and just retreating inward. That went on for quite a while, you know? Not only were those these outside stressors, and life stressors, and family stressors, and job stressors, and all that stuff, but then fighting yourself by yourself. Oh, man, baby. Yeah, so it, it was just, it was crazy rough. And the way I dealt with it, the way I coped with it was I would get lost. A lot of people have different addictions and things, but for me, I would get lost in um, video games. That was my drug of choice, if you will. And I know it was that because, you know, I would do it constantly for hours every day. As much as I could, just put myself on there. And it gets to that point when you know you're ignoring all your responsibilities as a father and as a husband 
as a provider just to sit down in front of that game console and spend that time there. That's what I did. That's how, whenever I got extremely stressed or I didn't want to let anything out, I would just sit there and get lost in some virtual world or something like that. And that's truly that weight on my relationship to job and things like that. Oh, I, was just, I think that that's a common uh, video games and the video games that are available now is a very common thing yeah. for veterans. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up mm-hmm. because it's not something that we typically consider an issue like in the big picture mm-hmm. because so many people don't consider it, especially when they're in that addiction, they don't consider it mm-hmm. an issue because they're like, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not excessively drinking. Like I'm not doing these mind altering things when really, when you get lost in those video games, it is still a mind altering situation. It's just, yeah. you're at home and you're not intoxicated. So but yep. it's still a very prominent thing amongst the military or the mm-hmm. veteran community, but it's not one that a lot of them are willing to look at as an issue when it, it may really be an issue. Yep. And that was the same way. I, even while I was in it, you know, I was saying, oh, it's just a video game. It's not like it's alcohol or gambling or this or that or the other. None of those. It's just a harmless game. And so those things translated over to, um, to me having that problem. How are you doing now? Right now, I'm doing extremely well. I'm 34 years old. So about four years ago, I was about 2016, is when everything culminated. It turned into a really big problem. You know, almost messed up my marriage, ended my marriage, and things like that. But thankfully, it didn't. But that was the wake-up call I needed. I took all the video games and things like that and just took them straight down to a local game shop somewhere sold them back to the GameStop and just started cold turkey from there. I deleted all the games off the phone, off everything, and just fought every urge to put them back on there. And I filled the void with fitness. That's, that's how I ended up redeeming myself was I was looking for activities to do. I started doing home projects and things. And then I realized I got this basement down here. I've got these dumbbells. Working out has always come natural to me. Let me go back to starting to do that. And that's what happened. Um, even if you go on my Instagram, you look all the way back, you can see where that started. I sat in the basement with those dumbbells working out. I did those popular programs like T9DX and Insanity. And it's funny because they got too easy. I went through them and they got really easy. <laughs> so I took these programs, took the hardest parts of them and put them together, made it a super workout, made it through that twice. And I still found it too easy so I was like what what do I do from here you know I like fitness but this isn't working and so I took like anybody would I went to Google and started googling things and I found YouTube and I found calisthenics and once I saw those guys doing amazing gymnastic like movements on pull-up bars and doing all those different things I fell in love with that and that's what I started training so basically I found calisthenics and I trained diligently at it and achieved a good level and advanced level of it. And later on, you know, I realized I don't like IT either. So I said, wow, I've been in this job and this career and been super successful. You know, I'm one of the highest ranking there for my age. And I said, you know, I think I want to try something else. So I started two or three different businesses and never did anything. 
And then I finally settled on what I always went back to fitness. I started training people for free. And um, later on, started bringing in online clientele and, and just training people in calisthenics. And now to this day, I'm doing that and more. I'm, a, I'm also a health coach because I realized mindset and nutrition, if those aren't on point, it doesn't matter how many workouts I put you through, you're still not going to have that whole successful, healthy life you're looking for. I feel embarrassed that I'm drinking sweet tea right now. <laughs> uh, no, it's all good. It's all good. So what I've learned, what I've learned is that everything has a balance to it. You can still drink and eat what you want, and at the at the other end of it, you just tailor it to way to fit your lifestyle. So it's not really about oh, let me stick to keto. Let me cut this completely out of my life. It's like this is my life. How can I make the things I like to eat, the things I like to do, fit within that? And, you know, up, upgrade my life to make it more healthy. So that's what I do. I customize it so that people don't have to give up the things they like. You know? I'm going to need to talk to you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome that you found a way to turn what you love doing into a... <laughs> monetary situation that can support you and your family. Yep. Uh, it definitely worked out well. Cause what do they and I'm, If you find something that you love doing, it's like, you're not really working. Yeah. I was just going to say, Amanda, you read my mind. <laughs> we spend too much time together. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's virtual. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's so amazing. if anyone is interested in what Lewis is doing now with his fitness, business we'll put a link to his business into the show notes so that you can check out what he's doing and see if it's something that you might be interested in contacting him about i appreciate that yeah veterans helping veterans is what we do so do you have any advice for veterans that are either just getting ready to become veterans or that have been struggling for a while and are trying to find their way uh, yes, I do. And that's, it's funny that you say that because I was just in a program this year called FitUp. That's one of the, that's one of the key reasons why I've improved so much mentally and able, and now I've made it my mission to go out there and help more veterans as well. Because um, veterans get out of the military and you feel like something's missing. You may be able to relate to that. You know, you feel like something's missing because the military gives you this you know they they tell you where to be when to be what to do what the rules and regulations are how to be successful and how to gain more fulfillment you know going up in rank but then you leave and all that's gone and you have to fill in for that by yourself so everybody leaves with a lack of purpose and that's the first part of the spiral you lose that purpose and that takes away your drive and a lot of guys i talk to takes away the motivation so the biggest piece of advice I have is once you get out, look for something that helps you to feel more fulfilled. Um, like if you have something you love to do, for me that just happens to be fitness, do more of it, you know. I think if I would have realized that when I got out, video games wouldn't have filled that void for me. I would have found my way into fitness a lot sooner and maybe been better off. But you have to find a way to give yourself that purpose back. It has to be, it has to be self-driven because there isn't an organization that's bigger than you to give it to you anymore. So 
that's the first step is just to find a purpose, find something to focus on there. And it can be finding a veteran organization wherever you land and joining it and going out there and trying to help your brothers and sisters because you can find purpose and fulfillment in hearing their stories and being connected with all of them. The second thing I would say is to find a group of like-minded individuals. There are veteran organizations all over the place. There are VFW and all these different places that um, you can go to find people that have gotten out of the military and been through it. And that's what FitOps gave me. It gave me a group of veterans just like me, all searching for a purpose. We came together as a family, got training and learned. And together we improved and we all still talk to this day, you know. I know if I was ever in trouble, I could call one of the other fit-off people and they would come drive over to help me out like right away. The last thing I would say is vulnerability is the biggest thing. That's the hardest lesson I had to learn. Like, <laughs> that must have taken me many years to figure out. I'm just now at the edge of being able to do that, you know? And that's just being able to open up, let those emotions out, talk about how you feel and talk about when shit scares you or when you're frustrated and not think that somebody's going to look down on you or think the worst of you because you're doing that. A lot of veterans think they need to hold that in and just keep it locked up tight because you got to be strong for the people you're helping, like your family and the people that you're supporting. And they forget that you got to take care of yourself. You got to have that self-care and you got to let that load come out. You know, one way or another, it's coming out. And we know that with the 22 a day issue that's going on is if you try to hold it all in, there's a limit to what anybody can hold in, you know? Yep. And if you don't take that advice sooner than later, you end up in a, in a spot that's a little bit harder to get out of. Yeah. The way I look at it is, you know, either you're going to let it out or it's going to come out on its own, you know? Yeah. It's just a huge weight to bear by yourself. So if our listeners wanted to contact you, if they wanted to uh, continue this conversation or if they're looking for advice or someone to talk to, where can they find you? Found, I'm mostly always on Instagram, TikTok, and where you guys found me, and um, and Facebook, those three. Louis Stockton, if you that name, you'll find me on any of those. Amber, do you want to talk about the charity that we're choosing to support this episode? Sure. Before I do that, I do want to say vulnerability is one of the hardest obstacles to overcome especially for veterans like you said Lewis being able to admit that you're not okay that you need help that you're not this big strong person all the time like everyone is expecting you to be to know that you are a human being and that you have weaknesses is is super super hard to not only admit but then to face it super hard mm-hmm. and that's the, the reason that a lot of veterans just i know they just can't make it in civilian life is because they can't reconcile with that fact you know, that vulnerability right. is good just plain and simple so our charity is Sovahala project bringing about awareness of mental health issues amongst the veteran community and 22 a day i have my bracelet on that I wear and um, really trying to to support them in their mission. Absolutely, it's very important to both Amber and I. If you would like to contact us, 
at Veterans Drinking Vodka. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. If you are interested on recording with Amanda and myself and sharing your story and being available to other to other veterans, uh, you can email us at the Veterans Drinking Vodka Gmail that Amanda mentioned, or you can send us a direct message on any of the social media platforms. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. It's important so that we can improve on our end constructive criticism please be nice also by leaving a review it helps with the metrics of podcast world to keep our podcast going and so that the algorithm the yeah the algorithms that everyone uses now so please 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 leave us a review let us know how we're doing and if you like what we're up to you can also join us every sunday evening at 7 p.m central standard time for our veterans after hours. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. If you're interested in joining, follow us on Facebook or send us your email and we'll get you an invite link. It's a fun time. So much fun. As always, and the purpose of Amanda and I doing this podcast is to remind everyone that 22 a day is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans, vodka. Cheers. Cheers.